When you visit a sales page or read an email, what is it that moves you to take action? If you're like most people, then it's because the website or email did a couple of things. First, it made you aware of a burning need. Secondly, it moved you to act. That right there is a magical thing. Every single business is essentially very simple. It's a value exchange. In this week's show, I'm talking to Amisha Shramankar about sales pages and funnel copy. Often seen as a dark art, Amisha will walk us through how to connect and sell online with integrity. Hi there and welcome back to Amplify, the digital marketing entrepreneur podcast. I'm Bob Gentle and every week I'm joined by amazing people who share what makes their business work. So if you're new to the show, take a second right now to subscribe in your player so you don't miss new episodes and you can grab some older ones when you're done with this one. Don't forget as well to join my Facebook community. Just visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders and you'll be taken right there. So welcome along and let's meet Amisha. So this week I am delighted to welcome Amisha Shramankar to the show. Amisha, why don't you start just by telling us a little bit about who you are, where you are and the kind of work you do. Absolutely. I'm a conversion copywriter in Philadelphia, that's Pennsylvania, and I work from my beautiful formal dining room sometimes, which doubles as my home office. And I'm going into my third year of business as a copywriter. I've been in the online space a little longer than that, mostly dabbling in different things until I found my sweet spot, which is writing launch copy. And I run a micro copywriting agency called The Copy Crew and work with digital marketers who need done-for-you copy for their launches, whether that's a digital course or if they're launching a coaching program or a membership site. I do a little bit of due diligence before I say yes to people coming on the podcast. And when you say you found your sweet spot, you're not joking. I've had a look at some of your work and it really is some of the most engaging sales copy I've ever seen. A lot of the time, sales copy is really almost seedy, but yours is really lively, engaging, exciting, good fun. And that's really important because people buy from people and people buy from people they like and sales copy needs to reflect that. So yeah, I, I really applaud the way that you approach that. I, I thought you must have been doing it for much longer than that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, well, here's the thing. I mean, we have to roll with the times and people's attention spans are getting shorter. And you want to make your copy lively and engaging. It has to be backed by research because you can't put up anything in there in the in the sake for the sake of being creative. Um, but it also needs to hold their um, attention long enough for them to click on the button. And that's what we care about at the end of the day. It's all about the clicks. So when you have a new client, and I'm going to jump straight into it. When you have a new client and they've probably had a go themselves and they've had a failed launch or they've run lots of money at ads and it's all gone up in smoke, how do you rebuild that confidence? What is What does that first conversation often look like? Well, 
typically the clients that I work with, either they have never launched before, they kind of, they've taken a lot of courses and uh, those are my favorite kind of people because I know what that's like. They take a lot of courses, they try to figure things out themselves, they piecemeal all the information and they try to launch. And uh, they, they feel that, you know, that's not really their zone of genius. Like writing copy is not their zone of genius. They're, you know, they um they, they, they need to build out their information, their course, that's where they're best at, or they need to be promoting, but doing everything else. And there's a lot of copywriting when you're doing a launch. You know, there's emails, sales copy, landing pages, depending on uh, if you're doing a webinar or not. So they try to do everything, and then the results are kind of lackluster. Or I have the other kind of client who are making a killing uh, with their courses or evergreen funnels, but they, you know, their conversion rates are still low and they'd like to bump that up. They think, and rightly so, they think if they use the right copy or, you know, it's optimized, they will get those conversion rates. So wherever they're starting with on their journey, when we, when we take on a new client, that's one of the first things we ask them if they've launched it before and what were their results like what were their conversions how how much sales they made we get all that information and that is good i'd rather work with someone who's had a failed launch because then we have the data to look look it up and then we go kind of digging deep into the holes of like have they missed the mark on their ideal client avatar what are people actually saying about their product it's it kind of baffles me that even if they have had a successful product or not, they t- they take very little time into, you know, into researching who their avatar is, even if it means getting people on the phone, 10, 20 people on the phone and say, hey, I realize you bought this from me. What did you like about it? What did you not like about it? And really getting that feedback from them. And I, I love doing that. In fact, we had we worked on a client's sales page a couple of months ago and she's making a killing in the mommy market and her her clients love it her, they the they love the digital product that they've bought but she was hovering around the 1% conversion mark and she would have loved to increase that so when i stepped in to optimize her copy uh, she got the framework right. Like, you know, sales pages, i mean there there's a certain framework. You know, she had her testimonials, she had her Uh, FAQ section. She had all the goods, but somewhere she was missing the conversion marks. And I think that's because she wasn't speaking directly to her client or she wasn't, uh, she was, she was holding back her personality. And these are a couple of things which I love doing. I, my thing is you should not be holding back on your personality, go full for it and also kind of meet where your client is. She had never spoken to any of her clients on the phone. She had no idea why they loved her so much. Uh, she did not know what they looked at when they looked at her sales page and what was the exact thing that she said on the page that made them buy. So I went in to do all this research. I got people on the phone. I asked them what they liked about the sales page. What was the exact word or phrase that said like, yes, I'm going to buy. We looked at heat maps. So there is a lot of research involved and a lot of people don't see that. They think it's all just creative brilliance on the page but really it's it's a lot of research that you do we take all that research we kind of match the messaging kind of match where the people are in the you know the client journey and then the last bit is adding the personality for of the client and that kind of shines through on the page so I know that's a long-winded answer but it's really it all comes down to doing the research um where have they missed the mark and all that good stuff 
I think the long-winded answer is important because it it's very easy to look at great sales copy and think, well, they're just great at writing. That's a natural talent. But it actually goes much deeper than that. There are some core principles to persuasion. And the first thing you need to know, as you said, is who is it for? And then the other thing is, well, what actually is the value and how do you communicate that value to that avatar? And busy people, busy, successful people, they've got a million things to do and they're already doing quite well. So it's quite natural to to lose focus on the avatar when everything's just rolling along. Exactly. I guess it's very easy to start believing your own hype uh, yeah, and, and lose sight of what was that essential mission and who was that mission for. Before my focus was exclusively digital marketing, I used to work on a lot of websites. And I worked on websites for all different kinds of businesses, everything from yeah, engineering through to vacations and internet stuff and telecoms and what I found pretty universally and this is sort of drifting away from traditional uh, conversion focused sales copy but it isn't really if you take the average business let's say telecoms the way the website will usually produced be produced is the client will speak to the web designer who will look at other web other telecoms companies websites pull together a mock-up and say, do you like this? The client will go, yeah, I like that. They'll build it. And then the customer, the, the web designer will say, client, can I have some copy to shove in your website, please? And the client will go, yeah, okay, get someone in the marketing department to write some copy, which will be garbage. And that's where it ends. Do you ever see these really sort of tried and tested copywriting principles that we're accustomed to in the online entrepreneurial space? being applied in a traditional business sense have, have you any experience of that uh you mean where everything is laid out and you just need to shove some copy in just for the sake of it the opposite actually where a business that would normally be expected to do that actually goes the extra step to bring someone like you into a business where you, the kind of business where you wouldn't i guess what the question is i'm i'm i would naturally see you working with course creators or online entrepreneurs that kind of business mm -hmm. and i know you do a lot of that but if you take those principles and you apply them to something like a telecoms company or a printing company what could that what kind of difference would that make uh you mean what kind of process would i uh, engage in to write the copy for them yeah yeah, I guess so. Right. I didn't really know what the question was. I was just <laughs> rambling around and hoping a question would come. No, you got it. Uh, well, if I have to write, let's say, if I have to write copy for a printing company, anything with copy, all kinds of copy, it would start with the research. You know, really understanding who's their ideal client avatar, even if I had to go back three years. And I would even ask them, have you done any surveys or have you done any, you know, customer feedback forms? Have you had any sort of interaction, uh, live transcript, uh, live chat transcripts? Can I look at that? You know, those uh, transcripts can tell you a lot of things. What are your customers asking you? Um, you know, if you have a customer, if you have a customer service department where a lot of people are calling because they're having problems or they, they can't figure something out, all those call records, I would really go into that to understand who is this person, who, who is this company 
speaking to? Who is that one avatar that they speak to? It could be maybe multiple personas, but typically um, 80% of your business is done with one kind of customer. Uh, So I would understand who their customer is. What have they really bought? Why do they buy from this particular company? What is their unique value proposition, which is very important in writing copy? You need to know who, what's your hook? What's your, what's unique about you? Why printing company X instead of printing company Y? Because if you look at, um, if I open up websites of these, you know, printing companies, they all kind of sound the same. So you want to kind of, you want to absolutely differentiate yourself. So I would go snooping around in what their competitors are doing, which I love. Uh, I typically uh, look up at least three to five competitors in the same space to see what they're doing. What have they got on their website? What aren't they telling or what aren't they saying or what aren't they claiming? Does their copy sound generic? Does it sound like blah and that they can speak to everybody? So these are the things that I would go around looking into. And kind of uh, arriving at a unique value proposition. What is that one thing that I can shine a light on and I can blow it up on uh, someone's homepage? That's where I would start. And obviously, you know, who their ideal uh, avatar is and kind of make the copy more interesting, user friendly, um, have more personality because, you know, I don't know a lot of printing companies that have personality, but uh, you want to have a little bit of that edge. And that's the, that's the kind of copy that I do write. I like that the people that I write for, I have their personality um, kind of shine on their website too. So these are kind of uh, mix and match kind of things that I would do. I don't know if this answers your question, but hopefully, um, yeah, it, it does. It really, really does. Because I think what you're talking about there is a, is a, is a quantum shift from what actually happens on most traditional business websites. And it it really is the kind of copy that's going to start a conversation. And one of the things that I often see is people, designers, clients, they think people are browsing websites in a very conscious, very rational way. When that's not the case at all, people are browsing in a semi-conscious, almost reptile way. And what I like about the kind of content that you write is it's obviously not written for reptiles, but it's written in a way that you get this pattern interrupt. You're woken up and you have to pay attention. And not all sales pages are like that. So when you're creating copy, and I, I don't know, I mean, many creative people, and you are a creative person. Yes, there's some research, but there's also an element of creativity. So a lot of that creativity is sometimes unconscious, but how conscious are you of working with the unconscious of the browser? Or the visitor? Um, that's a very good question, I think. And again, it's going to sound boring. I, uh, I try to think from, I try to put myself in their shoes. Like, for instance, when I was talking to the moms uh, who I was writing a sales page for, uh, I let them have at it on our Zoom calls. I'm like, okay, what is, what do you love about educating or teaching your preschooler at home? These are difficult times. So some moms, they gave me some really interesting answers. They said, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do everything else. I'm trying to keep my toddler alive. And, <laughs> and, you know, I have a busy morning and there are toys all around. So it's really kind of taking what they're literally saying like, you know, copywriting is, yes, it's research. Yes, it's got a little bit of creative flair. And I'll, I can tell you where I put the creativity on a page. But it's, it's literally 90% of it is really what your clients are telling you. It's as simple as that. And if you can just take 
verbatim what they're saying and just put it on the page, that would resonate more because those are the people who are reading your copy and they're like, oh my gosh, that sounds like me. She must have been in my brain because that's exactly how my morning starts. My child is asking for my cell phone to keep himself entertained or he's asking to watch Daniel Tiger. It's a very popular show here, um, cartoon uh, for a lot of preschoolers. Or, you know, um, he wants to, I don't know, make a mess and not listen to me because he doesn't think I'm his teacher. So these are things that moms were telling me on and on again. And there was this repeated pattern. And I'm like, okay, how can I just take that and put it onto the page and kind of, um, you know, make it a little bit funny, you know, and obviously, then there's a copywriting uh, thing where you're doing some alliteration, uh, working in persuasion, uh, kind of adding personality, maybe adding a pop culture reference here to kind of make it funny, have a little bit of chuckle. Um, so th- th- those are things that I do. Uh, and uh, it just kind of keeps the copy more engaged because it's it's the way I look at copy is it's more conversational. It's like I'm talking to a friend and they're telling me exactly what's on their mind. And I kind of take that language and I put it on the page. And somewhere here and there, I have a little bit of a wicked humor or and it really depends on the course uh, on the on the person I'm writing copy for if it's a person who's a minimalist is elegant uh doesn't use pop culture references I would not put that on their page obviously I would be very conscious of that but on the other hand if I'm writing for a person who has how how to explain it uh, appreciates humor or maybe has a a sarcastic sense of humor or maybe likes to make fun of things I kind of try to bring that element into it and a, a lot of this is kind of like you know on discovered on the kickoff call with the client when I ask them to send me all right send me your favorite gif and they kind of like look at me confused like why does she <laughs> want to know why what's my favorite gif but them just telling me and I said Anything, anything that's your favorite, a meme or a gift, just just send that to me. It kind of gives me an idea what their personality is like. Or I ask them, what's your favorite uh, adventure or what's your favorite movie or what Netflix show you like to watch? A lot of these things kind of give me an insight as to who this person is. And I, I'd like to bring that into the copy. So even when you're reading their bio on a sales page, the about me section, it's not like, oh, I've got like, you know, I made a million dollars in sales in three months and I was featured on, I, ha- I have a TED talk. No, that that's all great. But what else? What makes you human, right? Um, what, are, what are your pitfalls? What are the things that maybe, you know, you, you screw up and maybe kind of we can make it a little bit more fun and relatable? That That's what I'm looking for. So that's where all these questions that I asked during our kickoff call, uh, they come into play. And the client does not see it at the time when we start working together. And they're like, how did you know? I'm like, oh, okay, yes, I told you that was my favorite show. And you somehow made it in the copy. It, it always surprises them, but I love it. I can already tell you what my favorite gift is. I'll send you later. Please do. I'd love to see. That I'm was, a gift queen. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> From what you're describing there, the, the working when you're working with personal brands, it makes so much sense because the voice is really important and drawing out what is that voice in order that you can extrapolate that into all these different funnel elements really makes sense and will make that funnel relatable. One thing I'm curious about is if you take a podcaster, for example, or somebody that's built a YouTube channel or a blogger, anybody that's invested in a platform and long term 
built an audience, they need to build that funnel for the first time because they they don't have lots of experience of the online business because they've been focused on building the brand, serving the audience. But there comes a point where that has to be turned into a business. And this is where a lot of people fall down. There are so many bear traps. There are so many gurus. And I'd be interested to hear from you as somebody who's brought in to work on these various funnel elements. How should they cross that bridge from content creator to business owner with a functional funnel? That's a very good question. And it it is it is sort of loaded to it, it depends what their goals are. I mean, um, so let me give an example of a client that I worked with last year. Um, mm. He created a lot of content on his Instagram channel. And he also had a YouTube channel where he taught people how to run an Amazon wholesale business. And he was terrific. He modeled his content on Gary Vee like kind of like, you know, detailing his life story, how he got started. And he has a huge following on both these channels on Instagram and YouTube. And he he produced a lot of content, a lot of videos, educational, fun, kind of behind the scenes, but he never had anything to sell. So when we started working together, he, he, he had an idea what he wanted to do. He wanted to launch a digital course, a high-end digital course, like in the four figures. And the great thing was he already had a very strong following on social media. He just hadn't sold him anything. And uh, he said, you know, I have already started creating my course because I know exactly what my clients want. They, this is the, these are the questions they keep asking me and I've taken all that information and I've developed a course, which I think was great because he was very in tune with what his audience was telling him. And I'm like, that's, you know, 50%, 60% job right there done because you're not creating something in a vacuum, which is super important because we can do that sometimes. We like our work so much, we start creating in a vacuum without really understanding if there's a market for that thing that you want to create. So he he had that. What he didn't have was a strategy or a launch, simple launch process where he could say, you know what, the course is ready, here's a sales page, and uh, go buy it. <laughs> Um, and he wanted to do this without uh, spending any money on ads or anything, any of that sort. So what we did, what I like to call, it was it was through an email launch. It was really an email launch, and it was just content written in his emails, his launch emails that he repurposed and put it on his Instagram account. You know, made captions, uh, uh, made graphics, and got people very interested. He uh, had bonuses, unannounced bonuses that made his launch even more exciting because, you know, midweek bonuses like, hey, if you haven't bought into this course yet, here's why you would love to reconsider because I'm also giving you this bonus, which I know was one of your biggest objections. All in all, it was a three-week email launch. He only launched a very warm list and a very hot audience on both these channels. And um, he... I think it was a very successful launch. He made close to 830k in sales uh, when we opened card for Ooh, a week. Very nice. Yes, and it was all done via email. He had a very good following, so it was not like we were doing a lot of things like building his email list and uh, you know getting people to like him. Uh, we didn't have to do any of that. He had the audience. He just didn't have the launch mechanism or a framework, if you will, to kind of like, you know, or a funnel in this case to kind of let people interested in what he was offering, get them on that wait list and kind of say, here's the doors have opened to this 
academy that I'm launching. So that's where I came in, wrote a sales page, wrote his emails, and uh, that's it. So that all makes perfect sense. And I think where there's a, a product, it, that mechanism of connecting the person who needs it with the product, a lot of the time it can actually be very simple. But if you use the wrong words, if the story is not well told, if the value isn't well communicated, then it can all fall flat. So, yeah, I totally get that. And that's an amazing result. Thank you. One other question, I guess, is what's your perspective on, how would I put that, almost, what you would almost call contrived urgency? Like you will often see things like countdowns on a sales page mm. or some like some tools that will almost change the price if you come back an hour later things like that yeah. do those things work no <laughs> that's the <laughs> shortest answer i can give you no they don't our the audience is way smarter than we think especially now i mean this is not the early 2000s where you could get away with things like that people don't like fake urgency and i tell this to my clients too like if those are the tactics that you want to employ in this launch then i'm i'm very upfront i'm i'm not the copywriter for you it's not like you know if you don't um enroll in this course or membership you're a loser and that, that that's that's kind of it's it's a very bro marketing and i think we've all been like uh mm. we've seen a lot of that before like you know you've got to if you're not if you you know if you don't do this now then your your life's gonna suck or blah 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 i don't think people like that anymore people don't respond to that and th there have been times when well-known names out there have put things out like that and they say you know what this is the final call and this is ending and I, we're not taking any more students after this and lo and behold maybe like a couple of days later like hey you know what there was a glitch in our system and we have decided to reopen yeah. this and I, I have seen that and that kind of like makes me lose respect for such marketers and i'm like you know you are way better than that you don't have to do that so those are those are just icky marketing tactics in one simple word i would say don't do that really don't i think if you've nurtured your prospects well enough in the pre-launch phase, you know your prospect well, you know your avatar, your audience well, you've nurtured them at least three to four weeks before you've even opened cart to your offer, then I think uh, I think you're on the right track. Uh, and people who've made up their minds to be there, they're gonna be there. They're gonna come with you for the ride. If they haven't, and for some reason they haven't, I don't think you should make them feel bad. There's always a next time. Maybe they pay a higher price. And this is something that you need to spell out in your copy that, hey, I'm not kidding. This is a beta right now. But the next time I open this, it may not be as cheap. You can be honest about that. But saying to someone, if you're not in right now and uh, because you're not serious about making a big life change, then I think that that's that's not good. And also the other thing, I don't like employing this tactic of like, you know, if you can't afford this right now. Uh, you should take on credit card debt to um, participate in my program. I think that's that's something that I don't stand for either. So these are the two things that I tell clients or prospects who want me to write their copy that I'm not going to write something that tells people that it's okay to go into credit card debt and no fake urgency because that really doesn't work anymore. And people talk. I mean, people do talk. Um, people talk about it on social media, on, on Facebook. So word gets around. And uh, yeah, you, you can't... Uh, 
keep up doing these things anymore. I kind of went on a rant. I'm really glad you said that. <laughs> I think the, the, well, no, not at all. These things are important for people to hear. And I think the credit card yeah. debt for me is a big one as well. I don't own a credit card. I wouldn't let my kids have credit cards. They're evil. And anybody that thinks they need to go into credit card debt to buy a product which is going to change their life, it won't. It just won't. You have bigger issues. If if you're looking at a product thinking, well, I need to go into credit card debt in order to afford that, it's the wrong product. Guaranteed. Speaking of things you can't afford, good sales page copywriters, I think they're a little bit like international assassins. The really good ones are very well high paid, very highly paid. So for the average small business owner that's not quite there yet, what should they be doing to look at on their own website as a little bit of a, a self-help? Have you any really solid tips that you know you can pretty much point at any website and they're going to need to do these things? Uh, what was the question again? If, if it's a small business owner, what they need on their website? For the average business owner, if they can't afford to hire someone like you, mm. what should they be looking at on their own website from a self-help perspective? Uh, well, there, there are two ways. I think um, understand how basic copywriting works. Uh, less talk about we, more emphasis on you because really it is about your ideal client, end of the day. I see a lot of copy where it's a lot of we talk, and I think that needs to change to you talk. Nobody reads mission statements. And this is just, you know, a homepage copy. Nobody reads mission statements. Those are boring. They don't care um, unless you can make it fun and enjoyable, which I've seen very few people do. Um, yeah, I, w- I, would, I, would go, I would go really ruthless with the we's. Uh, change that to you you copy um, give people a chance to uh, opt in if whatever it is you have like continue that conversation I think every page on a website is a is a place where you can make a sale it does not have to be people giving you money but it's either you know have them join a list or have them get on a call these things need to be obvious because if you're not doing that then there's no point of having a website your website can be a very awesome funnel um, but only if you give people that chance to opt in and kind of somehow connect with you and take the conversation further uh, definitely remove the we from the copy uh, make it more you centric um, even your about you about us page is and I think a lot of people know this the about us page is not really about you there is a little bit of you but it's more about what you can do for your clients and how you can help them and uh so yeah, th- those are my two couple of two tips right there if you're doing this on your own. However, if you are someone, you know, or if you can uh, work with a coach or work with a copywriting coach or enroll yourself in a group program where a copywriter can be your guide and help you write copy. And actually, as a matter of fact, that's what I'm going to be uh, I'm unveiling soon. It's my upcoming offer. Um, it's a done with you copywriting program yeah I don't have a name for it yet it's still in the beta phases I'm co-creating this the other thing I don't like to create things or offers in a vacuum I think strongly you should reach out to your audience and you know kind of like get their interest to see if there is any interest in there so it's very exciting I'm launching it to my email list and uh, it's it's primarily service providers people like me or who also are non-copywriters and also business coaches because they don't have the time to write copy 
but they really want to learn how to do it. And that's where I'm taking them. It's a closed container. I'm not, I don't have more than 10 to 12 people who are going to participate in this first round. Uh, I understand what their business is about and kind of help them write their copy. So whether it's for a homepage or a sales page, I will take them through that process. So yeah. Yeah, so either get into a coaching program where you can learn or, uh, yeah, at least do the first two things. Remove the we from the copy and make it more you and friendly. I think it's very easy to underestimate how important this is because in terms of digital marketing or building a business online, it's actually very simple. You have traffic on the one hand and you have conversion on the other. And if you have traffic and conversion, you have money. Simple. Absolutely. And so many people underestimate this conversion piece of the of that simple equation the traffic plus conversion equals money and the conversion all happens at this point of dialogue the relationship which usually happens either on a website or an email those are the two main places and if you get those right a lot of the time you don't need to spend lots of money on ads or seo because you already have traffic but most people never convert it so what you're describing there in as a product from, from that that you're delivering is is potentially game changing for for business owners. So yeah, I'm I'm excited by that. Oh, thank you. Me too. So, <laughs> so I'd like to look at your own marketing, your own sort of personal brand, that kind of thing. Obviously, you've been you pivoted into the conversion copy space a little while ago. What does your own digital marketing look like? How do you go about making sure people all know about Amisha Shramankar? How does that work? Well, first of all, I try to land on podcasts like Bob's. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, my own digital marketing, um, I'm part of a very high-level mastermind and uh, it's all—it's a digital and marketing mastermind. So a lot of my clients have come from word of mouth, referral-based marketing, which I really believe in. And those are relationships that I've formed and nurtured. Relationship marketing is very important to me. So whether it's building relationships with podcasters, uh, peers in the business, uh, you know, like yourself, Bob, because you're in this in the same space as I am. Um, so th- this is this is what it looks like for me right now. I do have uh, at least a couple of funnels that uh, are in launch mode. They're not completely optimized. You know, no funnel ever is completely optimized um, where people can opt in to my freebie on my website and uh, they kind of enter this, uh, uh, they, they become a subscriber. I start sending them offers. You know, they're two, three ways to work with me. One is if you want to write the copy yourself and you're sort of a go-getter, I have a digital course. It's a low-ticket offer. Uh, when I say low-ticket offer, it's it's not a four-figure price tag that I put on my services. It's a $37 course where you can learn how to write the sales copy yourself. It's a digital course. And a lot of people who find me on my website when they join and become uh, a subscriber onto my email list, I eventually send them there um, saying, hey, if you want to write your copy, this is a digital course and it's only $37. It's a no-brainer price. Um, so that's one way. The next level to work with me would be this done with you um, group coaching program that is uh, you know which I'm very excited about because 
done done for you is great. One on one copy is great, and I'm not retiring from that anytime soon because I am working on bigger launch packages. But <laughs> I've realized that there needs to be a mid level of people who can't, like you said, can't exactly afford um, hiring a professional copywriter to write all their copies. So that's where I thought, you know what? Why not I create this mid level offer where I do done with you, um, take my service. I have a sales page. Uh, productized service take that and take them through that and uh, get them the same results it will be a four to six week process and uh, yeah so that that's my mid-level uh, offer and obviously if you want something which is custom bespoke which is you know down to the t uh, that's where my higher one-on-one offering comes into place so these are three different ways that you can work with me and mostly where i get my clients is instagram i'm very active there um I have a content writer who writes uh, blog posts for us because that's something that I can't do anymore. I just don't have the time. And uh, he's SEO savvy. So we're kind of like uh, doubling down our efforts onto that, uh, you know, doing podcasts like these, appearing as a guest on podcasts. Um, if you can become, if you can join a mastermind, if that's possible for you, that would be great because that's where a lot of your leads come from. Or uh, another coaching program or another membership site where you have where there are people either in your space or a space which is complementary to you and you know you can um, partner up with someone uh, collaborate those ventures are also profitable so that's that's really what it comes down to for me right now but it's if you if I have to really put one word it's it's all about relationships I mean this is where I form relationships and um, get my clients this way would it look different maybe a couple of years down the line? Would I do Facebook ads? Maybe, but I just don't know that right now. I don't see that as a possibility right now. Uh, it's, it's um, yeah, it's just referral-based and word-based market, word-of-mouth marketing. I think for the space you're in, that makes perfect sense. And if you don't have to spend the money on ads, don't spend the money on ads. That's exactly. very, very, yeah, it's quite inspiring to listen to that. I really, I, I love the way that you're going about that. Amisha, if people do want to take things further with you, if people want to reach out to you, how would you like them to do that? That's very simple. Go to my website. If you want to get a start, uh, you know, get a taste of who I am, uh, the copy is sort of engaging if I say so myself. Um, you can, um, and if you have trouble coming up with writing your sales pages, I have a fantastic freebie for you. It's called the five compelling hooks and headlines to use that you can help you start writing your sales page. Um, you can opt in for that and uh, you will be onto my email list. And I email my list at least a couple of times a month, two or three times a month. Uh, and that's where you can uh, get started to, you know, get on my list and get to know me that way. And the other thing, if you are interested in working with me and getting your sales copy done, I am going to be launching my Done With You program. It's going to start October 1st. And if this is of something of interest to you, uh, send me an email. My email's amisha at thecopycrew.com or you can find me on Instagram. It's the same handle, the copy crew. Just send me a, a direct message. Well worth following on Instagram. You're good value. <laughs> oh, thank you. Amisha, what's one thing that you do now that you wish you'd started five years ago? That's a good question. What is the one thing that I do now that I wish I started five years ago? Hmm. 
Yeah, I don't give too much warning on these questions. <laughs> I like it. It's kind of like how I have these questions on my kickoff call. Uh, the clients are stumped. Um, what's the one thing that I would have I wish I'd asked for help earlier, much earlier, than uh, rather trying to do everything on my own. I remember when I built my first passive income funnel, it was a nightmare. I am not a tech person. And if I had outsourced that from the very beginning, I would have cut, you know, increased my productivity, my efficiency. I would have been a happier person. I was not fun to live with those first six months when I was launching a funnel. <laughs> <laughs> the tech stuff really got to me. And I was I being, can understand that. Yeah. I was being very scrappy in my mind. I thought like, no, you know, I have to keep costs down. But you know what? I mean, there are plenty of people out there who love that sort of work and they would be happy to do it for you. I, I know better now. So I do have a tech VA and I wouldn't have yeah, I, I wish I had hired someone earlier, much earlier in the process. Amisha, you've been a fantastic guest. I have learned so much and I need to go away and do some homework now. But yeah, thank you very much for your time and look forward to meeting you in person sometime. Yeah, I would love to. And thank you for having me. This has been wonderful. I'd love to come and see you out in Scotland. It's on my bucket list for sure. After this crazy madness ends. Yeah. It's well worth it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. If the words on your website were an afterthought, then think on this. You know you're special. If I ask you, are you the same as everyone else who does what you do? You'll say, of course not. You'll have a really clear story. You'll know why. But you might want to tell your website and your sales copy and your email. Before I go, just a quick reminder to subscribe. And if you haven't already, join our Facebook group. You'll find a link in the show notes or visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders i would love for you to connect with me wherever you hang out you'll find me at bob gentle and if you do message me whichever platform you're on so i can follow you back if you enjoyed the show then as always i would love for you to review it on itunes it means a lot to me and it's the very best way to help me reach more subscribers my name's bob gentle thanks again to amisha for giving us her time this week and to you for listening and i'll see you next week